Amen. So it's Family Sunday. Uh, we're diving into uh, the New City Catechism again. If you haven't downloaded that app, I recommend you do. It's a great catechism. Um, church, I do not uh, exalt catechisms above God's word. Catechisms are there to help you. If you grew up Catholic, you know more about catechisms than even me. Um, and I know quite a bit about catechisms. It's, it's pretty uh, easy. It's a question and answer, right? Specifically to help us know and remember God's word and certain doctrines. And we go through that on Family Sunday to address these. Um, and we're here today uh, in part one, question four. Uh, and the question is here, how and why did God create us? And the answer is God created us male and female in his own image to glorify him. It's very simple. If you all would go ahead and turn with me to Genesis 1 verses 26 through 30. One. Now, this is a, a prevalent topic, uh, especially being here at the very beginning of June. Uh, you guys know why that would be. Some of you all are like already wound up. You're like, man, he's going to be so harsh. Some of you all are going to be like, he's going to be gracious. Um, I'm afraid uh, something may have gone wrong with this guy and he's not wired right. Uh, both are, are uh, not true. I won't say that both are true. Uh, but what I want us to see is the truth of God's word, because I believe we were created male and female uh, according to God's word. Uh, exactly that way. We don't change, but we need to understand why God created us this way, the purpose of it, um, so that he may be exalted, he may be glorified, he may be praised in all of our being, okay? But what I also want us to understand is until we've received the grace of God through salvation by repentance and faith in Christ Jesus, nothing about this Bible makes sense to those who are outside of God's people. Right. So so when we, we when we go and we want to strike people with the scriptures, we need to remember Paul's words that says that the word of God is folly to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So we understand that we grasp that and it helps us to understand how we are to engage with the world. But before we do that, we've got to know what the truth is about God's creation. It says here in Genesis one verses 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that is the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very what, church? Good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Point number one, I want to look at God's creation. We're just going to break it down this way. God's creation. Okay, there's a few important things uh, here with creation beyond male and female being made in his image. First off, I want us to see when we look at God's creation, specifically here dealing with humans, us, right, that we are made in his image, okay, Made in his image and made in his likeness. Now, there's, there's a difference in that. We bear his image, and at the very beginning in creation, the very beginning of creation before the fall, also in his likeness. Now, many theologians have made this distinction between image and likeness. Uh, image is something you bear physically, right? All of us, shapes, sizes, colors. We bear his image, 
And lightness is that, that, that characteristic that you have, those traits that you have that come out in the way that you act and live and breathe around other people. Okay? So we make this distinction. So while we still bear his image, without Christ, we lack his likeness. We lack the likeness of God. So not all people right now are acting like God. Now, we are not God and we will never become a God, not even in eternity. But we will begin to act more like him. This comes with being a part of a family. Think about adoption. That because of Christ Jesus and his blood, you've been adopted as sons and daughters according to the riches of his grace. Okay, now you can look at children and they, when they begin to act like their parents. And you're like, mm-hmm, yep, I see that, right? I was talking to uh, someone at the coffee shop. Um, we, were, we were talking about something and, um, man, I can't remember what it was. But I just I started talking and talking and talking. And I said, man, you know what? You would hate to talk to my mom about this. Oh, it was, it was, a, it was a financial planner. We met, and uh, he wanted to talk and just, just have this pitch for me. And I hijacked the meeting, and I stopped, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, you wouldn't ever want to do this with my mother because I'm becoming my mom. I talk, and I talk, and I talk. And I don't think that preaching for 50 minutes every Sunday has helped me uh, slow down on talking. It just made me think that more people like to listen because there's usually uh, 200 eyeballs on me at all times just facing me. And I'm like, man, they really listen, Aubrey, all the time. I just People like to listen to me talk. And this comes with being in a family. Church, if we have been adopted by the blood of Jesus, you are a part of the family. You've been adopted in, and we should begin to act like our Father and our brother Jesus Christ, our Savior. Second thing, not only in his image, but we've been given dominion. Dominion, God, creation to all authority, but he gave, delegated man authority over all of creation. Outside here, church, the bird that I see right now moving across the grass, we have dominion over the birds and over the fish of the sea to care for and tend to her. You can go back and look at verses 29 and 30 later. There's no other created being or created thing that has that power. Now, the difference is, is we, at the fall, lost this power. We abused this cultural mandate from God and have lost sight of God's intention for us to take care of his creation. Now, we regain that. The beauty of the gospel is that we regain that dominion. So if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you now have that dominion over creation to care for and tend for it and to go be the light in the darkness. We have that power. All right, sword drill, kiddos. First one in the aisle, you win. Don't run, don't blast each other, run each other over. Colossians 3, verses 9 through 10. Parents, you can help your kids. We do these sword drills to help our children learn to navigate the Bible. We only do them on Family Sunday. If you're like, man, does he do this every Sunday? That's the only way I can navigate my Bible. It's by Lincoln bringing me one. Great. Thank you. And parents, I'm sorry. There's a Bible trivia book, two hats, and ring pops. I think you know which one your children will choose. Uh, if you want to redeem a coffee at the grind, bring that uh, ring pop over after service, and I'll give you a coffee instead of the ring pops. So Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10. And it's Aubrey's fault. She picked these gifts. Don't shoot the messenger. It says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Thank you, Lincoln. He took a hat. Woo! He, he knew Jeremy would have got his ear like, ah, you can't have candy, man. All right. 
that, that passage, it, it shows us that we have put the old self away, that we're being made back into the likeness of Christ. It's so important, church, as a process that we are being made, not just in the image which we already bear, but the likeness of our Lord and his being. We are also third, so you have in his image, one, two, dominion, three, male and female, right? This is no surprise being in a Baptist church where we stand on this issue, but male and female, not to be changed. God made no mistake. He made man. Man shouldn't be alone, so God said we'll make for him a helpmate. So he made from him, the man, Adam, a woman named Eve, okay? And then a very important detail after that is that in God's goodness, he showed his goodness. So number four, so male and female was three. Four is his goodness. It says that after all he had created, he sat and he looked at it and he said it was very good. God didn't make a mistake. And within all of this, church, when you see creation, when you see the created order, you begin to understand that these things aren't to be changed because God is perfect. He's infinite. We are finite in our being and in our mind, but he is giving us point number two, our purpose through the... What is our purpose on earth? Why were we created? Another catechism says to glorify and to enjoy him forever. That was the reason we were created. And those who have surrendered their life to Christ have believed and been saved... We have found that purpose. It met us where we were. It took us from death to life and placed us on a path toward righteousness. And it's a path that we are continuing. It's a race that we are racing, Paul says, to finish strong. But our purpose, church, is to glorify him. So you have to consider and start with creation, the account in Genesis 1. And then you think of 1 Corinthians 10, 31. says, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do all to the what? Glory of God. That's everything, everything that we do, that we would give glory to God, whether uh, it, it be in, in our gardening, in our fatherhood, our motherhood, friendship, work effort, whatever it might be, everything. God gave you Christ, you and Christ. He gave you and your Lord Jesus. He gave you the world. He gave you the world. And you see in Genesis one twenty six this very truth that he has given us dominion, not to domineer, but to care for and to love it. And to glorify him because of it. He gave you, through Jesus, the world. He created it for Adam and Eve. For them, not for himself. He created them for him, but the world for them. That through their dominion and through creation, they would know the goodness of God and glorify him. So don't hear this past uh, dominion over the world and that the world is yours and go try and take over the world by claiming this passage. But rather, reflect on the king of creation in your service to those who are created. That in your service, people would see the goodness of your God and glorify him. Now this may all sound so simple, maybe so simple, right? And it is, if you're no longer under Satan's stronghold. Point number three, final point. You're like, man, he's cruising. Yeah, it's family Sunday. Look, I, I, if you want to talk more, you want me to continue preaching, I'll be at the grind later. Uh, you will bring me some lunch, Chipotle, I'll preach forever. I'll teach you all how to make coffees, and I'll sit down and just go through Genesis to Revelation for you. I don't care. We're starting Leviticus next week, going verse by verse all the way through, so... That's not a joke, uh, so I'll spare you guys this week a little bit of time. But Satan's stronghold. Church, this is, this is the important part, right? You look at creation. You see God's created order. We don't believe in any of the things that the world is spewing out and teaching our children at all. We don't believe that. 
But what we know, especially for the adults, protect the children, but for the adults, we need to have this understanding that it seems so simple to us, it's so clear to us, but before you go and strike, understand that if they don't know the scriptures, then the rest doesn't make sense. If they don't know the gospel, then it doesn't make sense why we believe life begins at conception and why it's important to protect and value the life in the womb and outside of the womb. And as someone once said, all the way to the tomb. It's important that we understand these things as a Christian. may see. Now, I'm not saying that what the world does isn't wrong. It's wrong. It's sinful. But the reason we're not participating in that sin is because we either have uh, a Christian moralistic background, you grew up in church and you don't believe in Jesus, but you've got those morals, or it's because you're a sinner, born a sinner, and you haven't accepted Jesus. The only difference is that Christ redeemed you. But there's still hope for them. There is still hope. And Satan has this stronghold on earth. See, glory cannot happen. God cannot receive glory from someone whom glory has not been revealed, right? So Satan has a stronghold on earth using our sin to magnify the kingdom of death and kingdom of wrath. Um, next sword drill, Ephesians 2.2. 2. If one of you kiddos could bring that up to me. Ephesians 2.2. 2. See, church, it's so easy to look upon others and think, how do you not see the destruction that this has and will cause when the veil has been lifted from our eyes so that we could see? Uh, you, you both stay up. How about that? Yep. Nora, bring your, your Bible. I'm not doing this. I hate doing this with kiddos. You guys know this. All right, Dexter, you've got the cheap Bible, so if you want to sit down real quick, I'm going to have you do the next sword drill. You guys were quick. Ephesians 2.2 says this. Nora, you can grab a prize real quick. It says it in verse 1. I'll start there. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that is Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That means Satan. That means his dominion here on the earth that God has granted him to have is at work inside of those who have yet to repent and believe in Christ. So as the Spirit of God is working in you, the Spirit of the sons of disobedience is working in those who have not accepted Christ. It is a battle. And it is not a battle of, of fist. It's a battle of showing the grace that met you where you were and inviting them to experience that same grace. And now, church, that saving grace absolutely should reveal to all Christians that men are men and women are women and children should be left alone and taught the truth of God and raised up to, at the very least, let them figure out when they're adults, whether they believe what mom and dad taught or whether they go about their way according to the flesh. But we here at this church spend these times on Family Sunday enjoying worship with them, loving them. Children, you all are seen. You all are heard. We love hearing you all sing. We love hearing you all laugh and giggle. When you all are in your classroom, we love hearing you all yell. Your parents don't, but I don't mind it. It's okay. Because we love you guys. And church, we love this generation. We raise up this generation. We protect this generation and there's going to be a day, unfortunately, for all parents that we have to face that they're going to go off and they're going to make their own decisions. But we understand that the outside world does not understand the gospel because they're under chapter 1, verse 13. Your little cheat tab should say, like, C-O-L. It's going to be, you're very close to it. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. 
Did you get it? That's right. I learned that from a rap, church. I didn't grow up in church. And you can pick out a prize. I'm sure it's the book. He got the Bible trivia. That's great. I'm going to take all the ring pops home. Colossians 1, verse 13 says this. If I can read. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Church, talking about Jesus. He's writing to believers. He says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. So it's a real place. And it says, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He redeemed us from the kingdom of death, the kingdom of destruction, and brought us into the kingdom of life and the kingdom of glory. Praise be to God. And church, it's not something we see in its fullness yet, but church, we have a glimpse. Look around you. This is God's people. May he be exalted. May he be seen. May he be felt wherever his people go. We've been delivered, church. Amen? Delivered. Now, this is so difficult for us to grasp that outsiders don't get it. I cannot reiterate it enough. I try and teach my six-year-old this about her little sister. Like, maybe she does not get it. Like, I told you to clean your room and teach her how to clean her room, right? She spilled some milk. Yes, she can pick up a rag and do it, but she's, she's still grasping it. Yes, she told dad to be quiet in a not-so-kind way. She told dad that she doesn't love him, but she hates him, right? She doesn't get it. She heard that on TV, this hate word, and she's using it. She doesn't understand. So let's show her some grace, and there's going to be a day where it's like, yes, we're going to stop it. Ever. you got to quit, right? You cannot come into my bed anymore and roll around and flip over. No, May, look at Maylee. She's the golden child, right? She gets it. The veil's been lifted. She hit this age, and now it, she's got to see. She sees, follow that way. Church, the outside world does not get all of the scripture if they do not get the gospel first. God's revealing himself to them through creation, but the rest of this word is folly to those who are perishing. Now, what that means is it doesn't mean to be quiet. It doesn't mean to be quiet, but rather be gracious in our approach to how we're sharing with people when we have been given the opportunity to build a relationship and to cultivate a relationship with them to point them to the goodness of God. I want to end here. Ben, if you want to come back up. We're going to take communion here in just a second. But 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced, uh, renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled... and it is God of this world. The God of this world is speaking of, of Satan, and he's no God. If you read your, your scriptures, we use all caps here. Uh, it, it's a lowercase g, and it's speaking of Satan having what little bit of delegated dominion God has allowed him to have in this time. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Church, we have a, a, we've been commissioned to go and to be a light in the darkness. And it's so tough when we go out and, and we don't engage with people and explain to them our views. Yes, church. 
I've said what I said. Boys are boys, girls are girls. Marriage is between man and woman. We don't have to keep reiterating that. We believe that here. I mean, I'll say it, write a document, you wanna, you wanna blog, we can have it. But how are we engaging the world with the gospel so that God may reveal this truth in their heart in a way that I never could? So we pray this this morning, church, for God to lift the veil and to reveal himself to sinners so that they may see the glory of his being. Then, in church, only then will they see his beautiful creation, the order of creation, and their purpose of existence. Okay? We pray that for those who don't believe. We pray that to those who are waving things in our flag all month long. Church, and I pray that we would go out with grace. Yes, protect our children, love them, guard them, converse with them, share with them what the world believes and why we don't believe it, and do it in love. To those who've trusted in Christ, listen to this. Stand on truth. Don't back down. This message, if you've heard a soft message, I'm not telling you to back down. I'm not telling you to not stand on the truth. I'm not saying waver a little bit. Give a little bit of room so that you can get a lot of room. No, stand on the truth. Don't back down because the world says differently. Do not quit teaching your children. Children, do not quit learning from your parents the gospel and God's absolute truth and beautiful order of creation. Secondly, to the Christian, remain patient upon disagreements. Remain patient upon disagreements with other people. And remember that the veil maybe has not been lifted for them. Three, remember the sacrifice of Christ and praise him accordingly. That's the most important thing for us, church, to remember the sacrifice that he made on our behalf and praise him accordingly.